Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Tuesday, December 19th. Happy Holiday. Not holiday, holiday. As in holiday. The plant. Not like, look, here's the deal. Today celebrates Holly. Not John McClain's wife, but the plant with the red berries that we hang up around Christmas and use in like wreaths and such. It's very Christmassy, with the pointy leaves representing Christ's crown of thorns and the red berries symbolizing his shed blood. Except it ain't really. Holly was always used for pagan winter festivals. In Norse mythology, it was associated with Thor and was grown around the home to prevent lightning strikes. I had no idea lightning was such a big problem in Norse land, nor would I have guessed Holly could prevent it. Who'd have thought? Holly was also used in the Roman winter festival of Saturnalia, dedicated to Saturn, the god of agriculture, creation, and time. The Celts wore holly sprigs and wreaths as a way to ward off evil spirits. And it sounds like holly is just another one of those pagan rites the early church co-opted to dilute Christianity, like Christmas trees. And coincidentally, today is also look for an evergreen day, when people traditionally put up live trees. The story goes, pagans believe evil spirits were at their strongest during the coldest months of the year. So to defend themselves, they brought evergreen trees into the home and decorated them with candles and stuff. How does a dead tree protect you from demons, you might ask? Don't know. But maybe if y'all quit celebrating evil spirits so much, you wouldn't have to ward so many of them off. And I'm starting to see a pattern with all these Christmas traditions not being actually Christian. I mean, next you're going to tell me Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Wait, what? He really wasn't? He was probably born when? September 11th. So what are we celebrating in December then? Oh, Saturnalia. Got it. Our reading for today is Zephaniah 1, 1 through 3.20, Revelation 10, 1 through 11, Psalm 138, 1 through 8, and Proverbs 30, 11 through 14. So if y'all are ready, you reckon that's why they bombed the Trade Center on September 11th? As a thumb in the eye to Jesus? But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, yesterday, on December 18th in the Old Testament, we read Habakkuk 1, 1 through 3.19 read the whole book again. And this book was probably written between 610 and 605 BC. And Habakkuk's name means embracer or embraced. And some commentators think that Habakkuk is the Shunammite woman's son that Elisha raised from the dead and said she would embrace. And that's an interesting theory, but there's no way to prove it. And Habakkuk prophesied about the Babylonians and the destruction of Jerusalem. And his thing was to question God. He was upset over all the injustice and violence around him, and he was puzzled by God's toleration of it. And in verse 3, he asks, why do you make me look at injustice? He says, why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. And in verse 5, God answers. He says, behold ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told to you. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. And he goes on to describe the Chaldeans in detail, which we all know by now. And in verse 11, he makes the comment, then shall his mind change. And the Benson commentary says probably what he's talking about is that insanity that Nebuchadnezzar went through as punishment for his pride and arrogance. 
And verse 12, Habakkuk recognizes that what's about to happen is for their own correction, and he praises God for it, or in spite of it, I'm not sure. And in chapter 2, verse 2, God says to write all this prophecy down. And even though it may not happen immediately, it's going to happen. And God does stuff in his own time. He don't wait for us. We wait for him. And verse 4 says, the just shall live by faith. And that's an extremely important concept. Paul spent a lot of time on it. And the devil's number one trick is to convince you that God won't keep his promises. It's what he told Eve when he asked her, yea, hath God said, but don't fall for it. Live by faith. And he continues on with what's coming and why. He says, because of men's blood and for the violence of the land. And then don't forget idol worship. There was a lot of that too. He says, woe unto them that saith to the wood, awake, to the dumb stone, arise, it shall teach. It won't, but they say that. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. And in chapter 3, he calls it a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shagianoth. It's really a psalm too. And the title of Psalm 7 says, that's a Shigayon of David. And no one really knows what a Shigayonoth or a Shigayon is. Most commentators think that that word has something to do with the idea of strong emotion or erratic wandering or wild tumult. And they say this song was composed as something called a dithrom, which is like a vehement, impassioned poem. And I don't even know if I pronounce that right. But he starts off, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. And that's kind of the big idea of the whole song. He says, and his brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his hand. And in the Hebrew, light means sun. And that makes more sense because horns actually means rays or splendors. So he's got the sun in his hand and that's given off rays. And then he says, was the Lord displeased against the rivers? And that refers to the Red Sea and the Jordan in Exodus. And no, of course not. He wasn't displeased with the rivers. It was all about love for his people. And there's another line, thy bow was made quite naked. And what it probably should say is thou didst lay bare thy bow to fight for Israel, in other words. And the psalm is basically praising God for his power and taking care of his people. It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And he closes with a real famous verse about hind's feet on high places, saying the Lord will bring him up as high as he can get. And this reminds me of Matthew twenty four twelve. Jesus warns us that when iniquity or lawlessness shall abound, in the last days it will cause the love of many to grow cold. Habakkuk is dealing with this honestly and genuinely directly with God. God answered, but his answer wasn't what Habakkuk wanted to hear. And unlike Jonah, he asked God to remember mercy and judgment. While his inward parts trembled at the prospect of what God just said, he declares his faith in God, and he ends his prayer and prays to God for feet, his feet, to walk on his high places. Faith gives us sure footing to walk in heavenly things while living on earth surrounded by darkness. And then in the New Testament, we read Revelation 9, 1 through 21, and that talks about two demon armies. Verse 1 says, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And angels are referred to as stars, and that's probably what this is, because John calls it a hymn. So it's probably Satan. Even though Satan fell from heaven back in Genesis, he still had access, and was still called before God like in Job. This right here is probably him falling from heaven for good. And he was given the key to the bottomless pit by God or by his staff at least, which means he didn't have that authority already. 
So God is in control of every bit of this. And verse 2, And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And that's a lot of smoke. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree. And that's what locusts usually do, is eat up all the green things. But these demonic freaks still have to follow orders, so remember that. But they're only supposed to hurt those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And remember, after chapter 4, the golden candlesticks, they're in heaven. The church is in heaven. So these people of God are not part of the church, meaning people will still get saved after the tribulation starts. And verse 5 says, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh the man. And the flood of Noah was five months, just like this flood of locusts. And I don't know what that means, but it's got to be something. Verse 6 says, In those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. Which sounds terrible. And I heard somebody preach one time that what this is referring to is transhumanism. Like how Ray Kurzweil, the science guy for Google, he's constantly talking about uploading human consciousness to a computer. So what this guy was preaching was, that's going to be such a tormenting experience and they're going to want to die, but they won't be able to because they're in a computer now. And I don't think any of that's legit or real, but I just wanted to tell you about it so you'll know it's out there. It's out there. It's way out there. <laughs> and then we have a description of these creatures. It says, and the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. They weren't horses, they were like horses. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold. They weren't crowns, they were as crowns. And their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women. And their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. If you've never seen a plague of locusts come through, look it up on YouTube. It's terrifying. They really do sound like many horses. But from the description of these things, they're really not like locusts at all. They're more of a demonic horde. But they do look like locusts. And even natural locusts have the appearance of horses equipped with armor. The German word for locust is Hupford, which means hay horse. And the Italian word is cavalletta, which means little horse. And verse 10 says, And they had tails like unto scorpions. And there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. So they got scorpion tails, and that's different. And verse 11 says, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. And both of those words mean destructor. But anything about that seem unusual to you? <laughs> in Proverbs 30, verse 27, it says, The locusts have no king, but here they have a king. So check this out. This will freak you out. In Amos 7.1, it says, Thus hath the Lord God shewed me, and behold, he formed grasshoppers in the beginning of the shooting up of the latter growth. And lo, it was the latter growth after the king's mowings. And that's what it says in the King James. But about three or four hundred years before Christ, the Old Testament was translated into Latin, what they call the Septuagint translation. And Septuagint just means 70. It means 70 people worked on it. But what Amos 7.1 says in the Septuagint translation is, The Lord hath shewn me, and behold, a swarm of locusts were coming, and behold, one of the devastating locusts was Gog the king. And remember when we talked about Gog and Magog in Ezekiel 38? 
Well, here he is. He's the Locust King. So that's weird. Anyway, verse 13, the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, where the martyrs were. Remember the martyrs? They're under the altar. Saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And why there? Is that their territory or something? I don't know. But the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year to slay the third part of men. So remember that prayer the people under the altar prayed for vengeance? Well, here it comes. And verse 16 says, And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, and I heard the number of them. That's a 200 million man demonic army. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire, and of jacinth, and of brimstone, and the heads of the horses were as heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. And what does all that mean? I don't know. But those colors are unnatural. They're fiery red and dark blue and bright yellow. But wait, there's more. Verse 18, By these three was the third part of men killed, by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails were like unto serpents and had heads, and with them they do hurt. And that's weird. (laughs) Verse 20, And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. So even after all of this, nobody repents, but neither did Pharaoh. We've been reading the prophets in the cycle of judgment, repentance, God relenting, and then the forgetting. But now the cycle is coming to an end. This time... Those that survived and witnessed all this in the last days did not repent of their evil. The abounding iniquity and lawlessness made their love grow cold toward God, and they just embraced the darkness. But even now, mercy is available to them, but this last date is worse than the first, and it isn't over yet. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 137, 1-9, and this was obviously composed by one of the exiles in Babylon. He says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And then he begs to never forget Jerusalem. But he finishes by stating his faith that Babylon will be destroyed one day. Yeah, now the New American Standard titles this psalm an experience of the captivity. And yeah, the grief, the love for Jerusalem, and the prayer for vengeance. Very fitting for an experience of captivity. Of course, if they'd have just acted right in the first place, they wouldn't be going through it. But, you know, here we are. Yeah. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 30, verse 10, which says, Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found guilty. So even a slave has a right to protection against needless accusation. But other commentators translate this, Make not a slave to accuse his master. In other words, don't make him discontented with his lot, or you're going to make it worse for him than it was already. Yeah, and maybe don't complain about a co-worker to his boss. I mean, sow a curse and reap one, because the co-worker's going to find out it was you. (laughs) But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for December 19th is Zephaniah 1.1-3.20. through The Book of Zephaniah The word of the Lord which came unto Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. 
I will utterly consume all things from off the land, saith the Lord. I will consume man and beast. I will consume the fowls of the heaven and the fishes of the sea and the stumbling blocks with the wicked. And I will cut off man from off the land, saith the Lord. I will also stretch out mine hand upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place and the name of the Chimarims with the priests and them that worship the host of heaven upon the housetops and them that worship and that swear by the Lord and that swear by Malcolm and them that are turned back from the Lord and those that have not sought the Lord nor inquired for him. Hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God for the day of the Lord is at hand for the Lord hath prepared a sacrifice. He hath bid his guests and it shall come to pass in the day of the Lord's sacrifice that I will punish the princes and the king's children and all such as are clothed with strange apparel. In the same day also will I punish all those that leap on the threshold, which fill their master's houses with violence and deceit. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, that there shall be the noise of a cry from the fish gate, and an howling from the second, and a great crashing from the hills. Howl, ye inhabitants of Maktesh, for all the merchant people are cut down. All they that bear silver are cut off. And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candles and punish the men that are settled on their lees, that say in their heart, The Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. Therefore their goods shall become a booty, and their houses a desolation. They shall also build houses, but not inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards, but not drink the wine thereof. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hasteth greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord. The mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of the trumpet and alarm against the fence cities and against the high towers. And I will bring distress upon men, that they shall walk like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord, and their blood shall be poured out as dust, and their flesh as the dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath, but the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy, for he shall make even a speedy riddance of all them that dwell in the land. Chapter 2 Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired, before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. For Gaza shall be forsaken, and Ashkelon a desolation. They shall drive out Ashdod at the noonday, and Ekron shall be rooted up. Woe unto the inhabitants of the sea coast, the nation of the Cherethites. The word of the Lord is against you. O Canaan, the land of the Philistines, I will even destroy thee, that there shall be no inhabitant. And the seacoast shall be dwellings and cottages for shepherds, and folds for flocks. And the coast shall be for the remnant of the house of Judah. They shall feed thereupon, and the houses of Ashkelon shall they lie down in the evening. For the Lord their God shall visit them, and turn away their captivity. I have heard the reproach of Moab, and the revilings of the children of Ammon, whereby they have reproached my people, and magnified themselves against their border. Therefore as I live, saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Surely Moab shall be as Sodom, and the children of Ammon as Gomorrah, even the breeding of nettles and salt pits, and a perpetual desolation. The residue of my people shall spoil them, and the remnant of my people shall possess them. This shall they have for their pride, 
because they have reproached and magnified themselves against the people of the Lord of hosts. The Lord will be terrible unto them, for he will famish all the gods of the earth, and men shall worship him, every one from his place, even all the isles of the heathen. Ye Ethiopians also, ye shall be slain by my sword, and he will stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria, and will make Nineveh a desolation, and dry like a wilderness. And flocks shall lie down in the midst of her, all the beasts of the nations, both the cormorant and the bittern shall lodge in the upper lintels of it. Their voice shall sing in the windows. Desolation shall be in the thresholds. For he shall uncover the cedar work. This is the rejoicing city that dwelt carelessly, that said in her heart, I am, and there is none beside me. How is she become a desolation, a place for beasts to lie down in? Everyone that passeth by her shall hiss and wag his hand. Chapter 3 Woe to her that is filthy and polluted, to the oppressing city. She obeyed not the voice, she received not correction, she trusted not in the Lord, she drew not near to her God. Her princes within her are roaring lions, her judges are evening wolves, they gnaw not the bones till the morrow. Her prophets are light and treacherous persons, her priests have polluted the sanctuary, they have done violence to the law. The just Lord is in the midst thereof, he will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring his judgment to light, he faileth not, but the unjust knoweth no shame. I have cut off the nations, their towers are desolate. I made their streets waste, that none passeth by. Their cities are destroyed, so that there is no man, that there is none inhabitant. I said, Surely thou wilt fear me, thou wilt receive instruction. So their dwellings should not be cut off, howsoever I punish them. But they rose early and corrupted all their doings. Therefore wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey. For my determination is to gather the nations, that I may assemble the kingdoms to pour upon them mine indignation, even all my fierce anger. For all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. For then will I turn to the people a pure language, that they may all call upon the name of the Lord, to serve him with one consent. From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my suppliants, even the daughter of my dispersed, shall bring mine offering. In that day shalt thou not be ashamed for all thy doings, wherein thou hast transgressed against me. For then I will take away out of the midst of thee them that rejoice in thy pride, and thou shalt no more be haughty because of my holy mountain. I will also leave in the midst of thee an afflicted and poor people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity nor speak lies, neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth. For they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart. O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He hath cast out thine enemy. The king of Israel, even the Lord, is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil any more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not, and to Zion let not thine hands be slack. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly who are of thee, to whom the reproach of it was a burden. Behold, at that time I will undo all that afflict thee, and I will save her that halteth, and gather her that was driven out. And I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. At that time will I bring you again, even in the time that I gather you. For I will make you a name and a praise among all the people of the earth, when I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord. And our reading in the New Testament is Revelation 10, 1-11. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head. 
and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot upon the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth for ever and ever, who created heaven, and the things that therein are, and the earth, and the things that therein are, and the sea, and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, and said, Go and take the little book which is opened in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel, and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it, and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth as sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand, and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, and nations, and tongues, and kings. Our reading in Psalms for December 19th is Psalm 138, 1-8. A Psalm of David. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple, and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answeredst me, and strengthenedst me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. But the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. And our reading in Proverbs for December 19th is Proverbs 30, 11-14. There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords, and their jaw teeth as knives, to devour the poor from off the earth, and the needy from among men. And that's it for the 19th. Okay y'all, let's do our 30 second meditation. Today's prayer is on Ecclesiastes 3.3, which says a time to kill and a time to heal. So hit the 30 second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on God's plan, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus came in love and humility as a servant. He came at his appointed time to heal the brokenhearted, to make the lame walk, and bring recovery of sight to the blind. And in his appointed time, he was made the sacrifice for all sin. One day soon, the time for healing will be over. The time will come for the Lord to return with a two-edged sword, to bring justice to the nations, and sit on his throne in glory. May that day come quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. 
Amen. You can look for us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email me at BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just lay off of making them worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. And some commentators think that Habakkuk is the Shumanite woman's son. Nope. Shunamite, not Shumanite. Shunamite. <laughs> okay. That's wrong. Shunamite. <laughs>